Hi, my name is Amy Reinecke, and I'm here to help you learn to love your body well. Love Your Body Well is a podcast designed to encourage women to find the beauty in caring for their bodies without obsession, guilt, and shame. We are ditching the perfection mindset and embracing the season of life you are in, all while figuring out what works best for you on your wellness journey. Join me for weekly episodes as we navigate this journey together, and let's start a revolution of women who are focused on wellness while also being compassionate and kind to their bodies. Are you ready to live your body well? Well, we have a juicy topic today, and I couldn't think of a better person to bring on than my friend Stephanie Reinhold. And it's going to be a lot to kind of dive into. And I just kind of want to give that, I don't want to call it a warning, but a little bit to know that we're going to talk about the weight of healing today. And as many of you know, I've been on my own healing journey for many years now, and I know a lot of you are on your own healing journey. No two journeys look the same, but there is the weight of that too and what that feels like. So Stephanie, welcome to the Love Your Body Well podcast. Thank you, Amy. So good to connect again. I know. I know. It's been a long time and I'm excited to spend this time with you today and give some hope to people who I think need it when they are in this process of healing and maybe their body isn't responding the way that they wish it would. But first and foremost, I would love for you to share your story and a little bit more about who you are with my community. Yeah. Thank you so much for that opportunity. Well, I have my own weight of healing and, you know, spoiler alert, I think it never ends. So, <laughs> I, you know, y'all can end that episode now, but just kidding. <laughs> my own healing journey really began probably in medical school was the first time I really became aware kind of of my struggles with my eating disorder, some issues I had from just critical parenting, you know, never any just like big T trauma that, you know, I talk about and we'll talk more about in this episode, but just a lot of the little T trauma, you Mm -hmm. know, just having very perfectionistic standards upon myself for a long time. And that started a lot of emotional healing. But at the same time, I was going through a lot of medical issues that honestly, still I'm struggling with some of them some thyroid issues. I had like a chronic iron deficiency, but never really with anemia. So it was just getting missed and a lot of issues that mainstream medicine did not help me with. Mm -hmm. However, I was in mainstream medical training at the time. So I was kind of, it was my first entree and I was in medical school at the time. So I was like just beginning my training and already kind of challenging the system But at that time, if anybody is a healthcare professional out there, you know, like you've gone so far already and you have student loan debt and you have this like weight on your shoulders to just finish. So I was like, I I didn't even know what specialty to go into. And so it's kind of why I ended up in psychiatry, as bizarre as that sounds, because I really didn't agree with how really traditional mainstream, you know, physical, quote unquote, like physical health specialties were handling things. And so I said, well, at least I can help with people's mental health because that's like the root of everything. Like I kind of already had this thought that it starts and ends in the mind, you know? Mm -hmm. And so, but going into mainstream psychiatry training, it's a lot about medications and very popular psychology, secular mindset, and which was really antithetical to how I was raised. You know, I grew up pretty traditional Southern home in Texas and, you know, conservative values. So it was just kind of this ongoing battle I had with myself. Like, what am I doing with my life? Who am I? 
how can I heal myself? Because I, I was still struggling off and on. Then fast forward, probably my really big awakening moment was my third pregnancy. And some listeners who've heard my name before had heard of my story. I had a twin pregnancy and I lost a twin at 22 weeks. It was very, very, very traumatic experience for me because everything was totally healthy, like thus far. Twins didn't run my family. It was like a total fluke. I saw it as this grace from God. And then when I lost a twin, I really like every little bit of, I don't really know what else to call it other than like mainstream faith crumbled. I was like, everything broke me, but I didn't really want to upend everything. You know, I was at that point, I was in a very high risk pregnancy situation. So I was still relying on this, but I didn't trust anybody. I really didn't. Well, as time would tell, my baby was born. I mean, healthy. My other twin, she's healthy, thriving to this day, but she was born in November 2019. Only four months later, COVID happened. And it was kind of just like the gasoline on a fire that was already brewing in some of my own distrust. I share all of this because it had to start there with my own questioning because I was not getting the answers with any professionals. And that was the really, really hard place for it. And so I revamped my private practice, how I personally did things and really actually started advertising myself as functional health, integrative medicine. But then, and now recently, what we're going to talk about today, I started getting this kind of new population of patients where they don't really respond to the traditional protocols, the traditional supplements, or, or maybe they've already been there, done that. You know, they're coming to me because they're referred by another functional health provider who, you know, doesn't know what else to do. And they're referring them to me because I do have that expertise in mental health as well. And they are very challenging patients for me. And so it's just been a really interesting challenge and also professional growth opportunity to kind of really uncover how we can fully heal through all of this. Yeah. I think healing is a word that gets thrown around a lot. And we think that, you know, it's kind of like this linear thing that we're going to do. But in fact, it's really not because life throws us things like the loss of your baby, like a pandemic, like a change in our worldview. Because I think that we both felt that way with the pandemic. I think that my entire worldview changed Mm. quite a bit, actually. I am not the same person I was prior to the pandemic. I have very different beliefs. Now, I can't say very different beliefs, but I think I was able to be a little more firmer in my beliefs than I was before. And it, it led me to have more critical thinking skills than I ever had in my life and to truly kind of tune into myself and say, you're the only one who can really advocate for yourself. And yes, we need help and, and all of that. But I think it it really does lend itself to this healing journey, not being linear and knowing when you need help with other people. And so I'm really thankful that that you are that ear, that you are that person for so many people that I think really do need it because there is a weight to healing. And sometimes that burden feels really heavy. Mm-hmm. And the important thing to note, I believe, is that if one of us is feeling it, it's likely that more people are feeling it too. But oftentimes, we don't want to really bring to light what we're feeling under the surface because we think that we're doing all the right things. 
on the outside, it seems like we're doing all the right things. According to what the doctors are telling us, it's like, well, this is all the right things. But maybe inside, we're still dealing with this internal struggle that this isn't working. And you're trying to stay positive and you're trying to like put one foot in front of the other, but it's exhausting. And Mm -hmm. I'm speaking out of, if you haven't figured this out yet, I'm speaking out of personal testimony here a little bit. I'm exactly at that space in my, in my journey. So what do you say to a patient who comes to you in that space that maybe they have tried like all the functional route? They've tried, Mm -hmm. you know, Western medicine. They've tried both routes and they've literally been told like, there's nothing else I can do. Like, this is just the way life is for you. And we're not talking about a specific ailment either or a specific diagnosis or anything. This is just in general. So I want to make sure that we say that too before Stephanie gives her advice here. Yeah, definitely. I mean, the first thing people know is it's not your fault. I mean, the the system, the world is flawed. (laughs) If not, you know, you, you may or may not be dealing with really, truly corrupted systems. You know, I don't know where you're getting your healing from currently, but Everything is going to work against you. We are in corruptible bodies. We all will die one day. And I think that is just this horrible feeling we have to sit with our own level of morbidity and mortality that honestly, the trajectory is not in our favor. We're going to continue to get more aches and pains as we live on this earth. And, you know, not just physical, emotional, you know, like, the older we get, the more pain that just comes to us, you know, yeah. loss of loved ones. And, you know, I have, my father's been sick for a very long time. It's like, it's really, I'll get emotional if I talk too much about it. I mean, it's really hard to watch loved ones just kind of change, really change yeah. in their functioning status. And I think part of it is just really honoring the season of life. And I feel like that's another phrase that we really butcher a lot because yeah. we try to say like, I think we use it almost to shame us further, like honor this season, be with your kids 24 seven, you know, <laughs> or like honor this season. You'll never be newlyweds more than once. You know, when I say honor this season, like it might be a season of hard. You yeah. might be in a season of hard. That's okay. It's not because you did anything wrong. It's not because God's punishing you. You know, the enemy is loud in this world. Like it is not us. It's not God. It's it's this world is corrupted. It's flawed. And I think sometimes that piece alone is the weight we're carrying. Because when we go, it's funny because we start down the healing journey and most of us, we are high achievers. We psh, tell me what to do. I will do it. I will cut out everything. I will, you know, because we're motivated. Because I we, think a lot of people who choose functional are high achievers. Totally. I have never put that together or had that like kind of aha moment, but that you are so right in saying that because. When you sit down with a functional med provider, that is one of the first things they say is there's not going to be a pill to fix it. There's not going to be a supplement to fix it. This is hard work. Like, Mm -hmm. and this is on you. And if you're not going to do the work, then you're not going to see healing. It is not like the magic fix by any means. I'm so glad that you said that. I've never really, I've never really thought, thought that, but so true. Yeah. It is that high achiever, type A, perfectionistic, I can do attitude. And it's, I mean, the very irony, I think it's exactly why you're where you are. You know, I mean, we have really good evidence that stress unconsciously, you know, because because what happens, right? We have a stressful event in our lives, but we're the people who push through. We strive. We we conquer all. We can rise above. We're supporting our friends. We're supporting our spouses. We're 
We're the ones that people lean to in hard times. And yet when we become the patient and we become the sufferer, we just carry the weight of the world on our shoulders. And so sometimes I start with people. So I start with expectations, you know, and I start with, hey, it's not you. Like, this is the world. You know, I want you to radically accept where you're at now, which is highly uncomfortable, as you can imagine, because we are the can-do people. We don't want to accept defeat. We don't want to accept any notion that we failed in this healing journey in some way. But it's, you know, and this is kind of one of the early tenets of acceptance commitment therapy, but you have to radically accept the present moment. And that is a little bit of woo-woo. I can't really put a whole lot of structure to it, but Normally, people describe it as a light bulb clicks, like they do finally feel a little more grounded, a little more peace in their body, knowing that perfect is not the goal. You know, this optimal health of my 20s is not the goal because that may or may not be reality. I can't predict that. And then at the same time, the paradox is when you can kind of fully accept where you're at, we commit, right? That's kind of the second step of acceptance commitment therapy. You accept. And then you commit that I can improve, you know, I, I will improve to the extent my body is able, you know, and these are kind of some of the, you know, to the extent my body's able in this fallen world, you know, if that speaks to you and kind of your spiritual beliefs, but understanding that we will have morbidity and mortality in this lifetime, which is a really, really hard thing to face. Yeah. I think. A big piece is also now looking at why are you not healing? Which, duh. (laughs) You're like, Dr. Stephanie, give me some more. There is something inside of you that feels safe in the present moment of being sick. And that's a really hard pill to swallow for people. But normally, people are like, whoa, that's powerful because Again, these are the same people that were high achievers, oftentimes from childhood. So they might be oldest children or like the eldest daughter syndrome that everyone relies on them. And so they're never used to accepting help or being the patient or having people take care of them. They're usually the one taking care of everybody else. And so on some level, you're getting some reward. It's bizarre, but that is how powerful the mind is that you're getting something like there is some unconscious reward happening from you staying sick. Maybe it's you might lose your sense of worth because your your identity has kind of been wrapped up in having this disorder or having this condition or or be just being sick. You know, it's just kind of become a part of who you are, a part of your relationship dynamics, a part of your habits, behaviors, your your heck your platform maybe. You know, it's it's become almost so much a part of you. And so this idea of full healing is what feels unsafe. And that's where we really deal with the word safety with people. Like what is making you feel safe currently? And how can we make you feel safe with the idea of being well? Not necessarily thriving. I don't really like that language. Although I've used that language in the past, but I have come to realize I do think some people that's not reality like this and it's it's just vague it doesn't have structure to the language right so perfectionistic people again same people that are on this healing journey they don't often they don't have limits right like it's never good enough so thriving 
we can't see all the good around us that maybe is thriving. We constantly feel like we need to be thriving more, thriving more. But those are really the big, the biggest pieces, the shame piece, the expectations and managing the safety piece for people that I start with. Do you need a reset? Probably not the kind of reset you're thinking of. I don't have a quick fix, but I do have something that could help you create a foundation of self-love and appreciation for your body and your wellness journey. I created an ebook, Love Your Body Well, The Reset, with you in mind. If your mindset needs a reset and you need to learn how to tune into your body and what it needs, this ebook is for you. I share how mindset, nourishment, and habits are the building blocks to learning to love your body well. There are interactive worksheets and prompts to help you understand where you are currently and how your mindset can shift and improve, and you can get it today for only $5. You can find the link to the Love Your Body Well Reset ebook in my show notes, and my hope is that it is the first step in your healing journey. So I love that you kind of brought the expectation piece to it. I talk often about learning to love your right now body. And I use love is like an action word. It is not just a feeling word, it's an action word. Like how can you love your body? So how can you wake up in the morning and take care of it the way that you need to take care of it? Even if it doesn't look the way it used to, even if it doesn't feel the way that it used to, how can you show up and care for this one body that God has given us even when it is hard. And if you're in this healing journey, I'm assuming that many of you who hit play today are. And it is that decision every day to, with so many decisions throughout the day. So I have this choice and this choice, which choice honors and loves my body more than the other choice without, and I think this is a key piece, without shame, without guilt, without like all those perfectionism tendencies that we come from, from being the people who likely choose this way. You know, I, it's so interesting that you said that I'm a firstborn and, and all of those things. I am usually the strong friend, the one that people are leaning on. And I'm sure that many listening can relate to that. And that there's some days that we're like, like I need support too. And this episode is for you out there. If you're listening and if you relate to that, just know that you're not alone and that you are worthy of healing and you are worthy of spending time to work on yourself. And that might mean that different choices have to be made. But I think that goes with expectations too. Like what can you expect of yourself? Because what we expect of ourselves today might look different than what we could have expected from ourselves five or 10 years ago. And I think that that is a trap that so many of us get caught in. And I think that that was a lie that was told to us in diet culture and that we were told that this is what it looks like to heal. I'm going to use the example of weight loss because it's just an easy example, to be honest. We start a diet. We don't know that we're joining diet culture when that happens, but we we join this diet with this expectation that we're going to quote unquote find healing, which means I'm going to lose weight. So you do all the right things. You do exactly what it tells you to do and you see results. Most of the time you see results until the results stop and until you've become so hyper-focused on it that then like the thought of going backwards is terrifying. And then you end up in this like cycle that never stops and it never ends. And you want to get off that rat race. And what you're doing in the process is just you're really doing a number on your body. I've been there. I know how that feels to get off. 
And I want to encourage anybody who's chosen to get off that rat race to stay the path of unlearning what diet culture tried to ruin in us. And we can find healing. I believe that. And I know that Stephanie, you do as well. And I think that we need more people to believe that we can find healing, that we can find true wellness, that we can find our new best self because it might look different than it did. But first and foremost, we kind of have to make peace with where we are. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Amen to that. Yeah. And right now, just kidding. That's <laughs> <laughs> so good. It's so true though. I just feel like we do just have this standard of health and wellness and healing and it's attached to a look. But then paradoxically, we do start to attach it to feelings and feelings can lie to us, you know? Mm-hmm. And so obviously the mirror lies to us all the time. Culture lies to us all the time. But our feelings can lie to us too. And so, you know, it's it's hard. I mean, it is it is a hard journey, you know? And I think when you're not feeling good, in your healing space, but you're also dealing with so many other traumatic things going on in your life. I think those are the times when expectations come in that, hey, we can't really expect ourselves to be any more than this. And I, I know because I'm, I'm you and you are me. I know right now you hear that and you're like, no, but I can. I can expect more. <laughs> I oh can gosh. be better than this. I can be better than this. I am perfect. I can be better than this. But I need you to be able to hear that no, you are doing enough. You're doing probably more than enough. Mm-hmm. You just resting. I mean, gosh, the number of things that improve when we get quality sleep, even just that alone, when we get quality sleep and we actually rest from things like exercise or just even too many social obligations, like an overscheduled calendar, you know, how important rest is to our mind, our body, our soul, our spirit, like and I don't think we do a good job of it because, right, we're the oh, same no, we're people. we're terrible at it. We're looking for the next thing. You know, we want to go to the next protocol. We want to go to the next exercise routine, the next gut health, you know, regimen. Like, we're going to do more. Like, by all means, we will do more and we will do it well because that's what we're good at. But it's the same thing that I think we get in this position where we're in a little bit of what I call emotional jet lag. Because we have all these wounds of emotions through our life that we haven't really dealt with fully, or maybe we kind of thought we did, but again, we kind of rose above, we suppressed it, we moved on, we're strong, we're courageous, and we kept moving through life and succeeding and excelling and doing more things. And now we're in a place where it's kind of all coming back to us, and we don't really know what time zone we're we're in now with our emotions. And so go figure, it kind of wreaks havoc in our body because our organs don't really know what's going on. This morning I was anxious. Now I'm depressed. Now I have no energy. Like tomorrow I love my life. Like (laughs) what's going on? You know, our gut is influenced by our mind, just like our mind can influence our gut or vice versa. Just like our gut can influence our mind. Yeah. Anyway. And it's, it's a lot. I mean, I think it's, it's so important to sometimes slow down and literally just be, you know, whatever that means to you in the moment. Yeah. I think this goes back to what I often say here on the podcast is that wellness is about so much more than the food on your plate and how much you're moving. It truly is. I mean, we've been told that for years, like eat less, move more. Like that's the key to everything. There's still people out there who are just saying that. And I really want to bang my head against a wall every time I see it because that's not it, people. Like Mm -hmm. it's not it. There's more to that equation. 
And I'm also, I want to be very clear. I am standing here right where you are in this healing journey. Like, damn it. I wish that was all it was. Like, I could do that. I, I am a chronic dieter up until five years ago. I can do that. You know, that's what I know. It's the Amy, you need to get eight hours of sleep. And I'm like, impossible. Cannot do it. Actually. Like I am literally working with my coach on that specific thing right now is how can you get enough sleep? Like that is the one thing that for years has been a big obstacle for me. And it's going to continue to be until I can get it figured out. And it is so hard. It is one of the hardest things I've Mm -hmm. done to do. It's harder than like good nutrition. It's harder than me getting up and working out. I think you hit the nail on the head. Rest is not easy for us. We don't, we're not used to it. We're not, I am not wired that way to rest at all. My parents are go-getters, always have been, like they're always busy. And I, that's just what I was taught, you know, like that's, that's how we go. That's how we go through life. And it's just so interesting to have that way of thinking. And you mentioned something earlier about rest that I wanted to ask you. Do you think that when somebody comes into this functional space and they are, they're seeking answers that they haven't found yet. And they've probably tried, you know, the traditional ways and, and all of that. And they've just come up against a a wall that they can't climb over. So they come to functional or they come to integrative and then they're there and they're like, I'm ready because they're at their breaking point. They're like, I'm done. I will do literally whatever you tell me to do because I want to feel better. Do you think the frustration comes that then it is a practice of patience? Because when you are working in this functional and integrative space, it is slow. It is not quick. And we are used to everything happening so quick that then we feel like it's not working because it's going so slow. Mm -hmm. Well, and time is not on my side, right? So by the time people are seeing me, they're pretty much at a rock bottom. Like they thought they were at rock bottom before, but now this is like real rock bottom. So even if they had once learned patience in their healing, normally when they're seeing me, I mean, they have utmost urgency, you know, and, and not just them, often their families, you know, spouses, parents will join patients with me. And there's a lot of pressure on me. I'll be honest to, okay, we got to work fast, you know, and I have to fight that tendency because that is like, I have to remind people this is the problem. This is what got you to me. We have to do things a little different. That it is the act of slowing down that will speed you up. But it helps to, you know, another thing I do with people often is get really clear on their values. And, you know, I don't mean even, you know, spiritual, cultural, political values. I mean, I mean, it could be, but I mean, what is a core value to you? You know, for some people, it's energy. I mean, having energy to live life, to be with their kids, to travel, to live, ironic, to live a more fast-paced life, you know, even faster than what you're already living is a value for people. Some people, they want independence because they're realizing their functional status right now is so low. They don't have independence. Some people, it's just family and they've realized that they're kind of on the sidelines of life and they're not investing in their family like they want to. But even sometimes with values, one of two things happen. People can make some list of values and then they realize, oh, actually, I am living according to my values. This isn't so bad. You know, those are the easier patients, right? Because we can kind of move forward and move past this quickly that, hey, 
this was all on you and kind of in more or less, quote unquote, in your head that you're thinking you're not healing when really it is because you're living according to your values. You're living very holistically, kind of how I define that, which is a values driven life, really prioritizing mind, body, soul, spirit. And then there's other people that their values come up and they realize how wildly off they are with their values that Maybe they are prioritizing so much of themselves and in the process kind of forgotten about their loved ones. And that's a big value for them. Or they've forgotten about God. Gosh, I had a patient, very challenging patient, gone through everything. I mean, spent, I think, $100,000 plus probably on different healing modalities, different protocols, years of just suffering and different things going on different labels, given different diagnoses, just really not functioning though. I mean, super chronic low energy, not able to really go out socially, so much anxiety, like physiologic anxiety, and just used to be so much more high functioning. But this is also a patient that has years and years and years of trauma that's never really been processed. And again, not even big T trauma. You know, I consider big T trauma kind of what we normally think about, like wartime, sexual assault, life or death situations. You know, that's kind of big T trauma, which a lot of us have those too. But the more insidious kind is this little T trauma, like critical parenting, bullying, losing a job, you know, a relationship ending, you know, these very large life events that put milestones into our memory of trauma, but we don't really do a good job of ever processing it. We just think, oh, this is, this is everybody. Well, it is everybody, but People who have mature mental health and coping, they can kind of move past it. So you're dealing with this patient now who has years and years and years of all this trauma and highly perfectionistic spirit, this deep sense of urgency, like I'm doing all the things, I'm just not feeling better. And at the same time, though, one of her number one values was her faith, and she was very far from God at that moment in time. And so I work like, okay. Even if you felt this way for the rest of your life, again, I'm not saying you will, but we got to start here somewhere. Even if you're feeling this way, kind of like what you say, Amy, like love your body, like your right now body, like nourishing yourself right now, how can you still live according to those values? So even if this is how you're going to feel, maybe getting out to going to church every Sunday is not going to work because you're having a lot of social anxiety. So how can you feel fed nourished spiritually where you're at right now. And so, I mean, that's literally what we kind of walked through, like some different ways where she can really get that feeling. Sometimes it's more subtle things though. I had a patient once that she, interestingly enough, also this patient kind of was feeling disconnected spiritually, which I see as a common thread often when we, because again, it's either this kind of anger toward God, or maybe we never really had a relationship with God to begin with because it was just a very biological process that we were in. And so this idea of mind, body, soul and holistic is new. So we got to start there because you got to expand that this is not just biology in your body. Your biology and your body is informed by your mind and your spirit, you know, and so we have to kind of work with that. But this patient, it was just like, I need some more time in nature. Like I just need that space and carving out that space. Again, this is this has nothing to do with food. Like this has nothing to do with yeah. another supplement. This has nothing to do with more lab testing. <laughs> this is like somewhat I think basic things, but somehow it's revolutionary to people because we're so trapped sometimes in the 
the healing dogma that can become like this dark tunnel sometimes. Yeah. I thought of two things when you said that. One, I think that we feel trapped in there because we don't allow ourselves to rest enough to understand what we truly need. And I think that that's a big piece of it. And two, we're kind of fed what healing should look like. We're told that from, honestly, like mainstream media and influencers and things like that. Like, this is what it looks like. You take this pill and this fixes your problem. And when it doesn't fix your problem or it makes your problem worse, then you're like, well, what's wrong with me? I'm broken or whatever. And once again, it's that kind of rat race that we're in, in this, the, the weight of healing and, and finding that true inner peace. And I think that you bring to light something that I think is so important. And that is being able to get quiet enough to understand what you truly need. And I think especially whether you have had big T trauma or little T trauma, sometimes we don't want to get quiet with ourselves because that's even scarier to face what might need to change or what might need to shift. And I'm 100% guilty of that. Like I've said, rest is a big one with me, which directly leads into my schedule and what that looks like. A couple months ago, my husband was kind of tired of hearing me complain about how busy I felt and I was. And he like pulled out a notebook and he's like, I want you to write down everything that you do in the day. And I got angry. I was so angry. I wasn't ready for it. I didn't want to do it because I I finally said, I'm not doing it because I'm not ready to change something there. And he's like, then you have to stop complaining. Like this is on you and you have to do it. And I Hmm. loved him through it. He loved me back through it. But sometimes you do need somebody to kind of say the hard things like that. Like how much of this can you own? Like, mm-hmm. what can you let go of? What right now feels so impossible for you to let go of? But if you did, it would create so much more space in your life in order for that healing to come in. And I know that that's hard. Like, mm-hmm. that is not an easy ask. That is not something that, especially as women, especially as high achievers, that that is going to come easy, that you're going to say, well, I'm going to take this thing off my list, whatever that may be. Because it might be actually like something that is one of your values. Mm-hmm. So I'll use an example. It's something that I, I have a really hard time that I haven't gotten off my plate. Being able to be a stay-at-home, work-at-home mom is because I wanted to be really active in my kid's school. So I'm on the PTO. That sometimes adds additional stress into my life. That really, if I was honest, I should probably walk away from. But then it goes back to that value of it's really important for me to be involved in my kid's school. And so it's this constant battle So if you're listening and you can think about that particular thing that you have that you kind of feel like you're wrestling with, I don't think it's anything that you have to make a decision on right away, but like pray about it. Ask yourself, like, am I being called to this space? If I'm not, then what else can go in order to get the space? But I think that that is really helpful just to know, do you feel like the common thread for what most of us need in this journey is rest? in regards to like the mind, the schedule and, and all of that? Or what do you think that that root causes mm. to most things that people come to you with? Yeah, it's huge. I mean, I think our root cause is that we we don't feel good enough, right? I mean, there's some shame, there's some deep sense of unworthiness. Healing is kind of the, you know, the thing of that season that we're choosing to focus on, but it's healing the way we're kind of describing it in terms of like, functional health protocols, lab testing, you know, all the mm-hmm. things, which none of that is wrong. I do right. all of that with my patients. You know, I'm not, I'm not knocking it. I love, I love functional medicine. It's been a huge part of my healing, but it can be avoiding deeper spiritual issues. And so 
if I'm really honest, which is super controversial, I mean, I really think the root cause is in our in our spiritual life because I think there's something deeper that only God can really fill. And it doesn't mean that that's going to cure all your chronic fatigue or your thyroid issues or your Lyme disease. Like, I mean, it doesn't mean that it, that, you know, God's just going to heal everything. I, I don't believe that. Right. But I do believe when you can get right spiritually, you can get right emotionally, you can allow yourself to heal and rest because the reason we're so busy, the reason we keep doing more is because at some deep level, we, we don't feel good enough. Like yeah. we feel like we have to do these things. Like there's this drive in us that we have to do it. No one else can do it. You know, there's almost a little bit of pride in that. It's like, and that stems from often early childhood that we were the only one that could do it in that moment in time. And so we, we get these limiting beliefs of like, well, I'm the best at this. I have to do it because I'm the best. Well, who cares? Maybe it doesn't need to be the best. Maybe Susie downstairs, you know, down the street can do whatever it is you're doing. I don't know. It's funny you say that because I, I ran for school board in 2021 and by the grace of God, I actually won. But it is a huge time commitment, but I kind of love it. It doesn't pay yeah. me anything. It's an unpaid, unpaid yeah. political office. Not really political. It's like, it's a public office, but yeah, you're nonpartisan anyway. But it's a huge value for me because I very much care about this next generation. I very much care about getting involved, like yep. in, you know, organizational efforts and leadership in your community, helping your kids. And so I'm, I'm not giving it up, but then something else has to go, you know, know. other things have to go. So then it means Mm -hmm. maybe a little less social time with my friends that week or, you know. Yeah, it's a give and take. I'm in the same boat because it is important to be involved. And but it's right. Like we can't just continue adding things on. Mm -hmm. At some point, it has to give a little bit. It's a lie. Yeah. I think that God gives us peace that we can't find anywhere else. And I think that there are going to be times, especially if you're a Christian, that that's easier than others. And I think that that's normal. Mm-hmm. I think that what's not talked about enough is that your faith is going to have peaks and valleys and that there are going to be a lot of things in life that we do not understand. Mm-hmm. But he gives us that peace to help us understand that this mm-hmm. is not our final destination mm-hmm. and that there is something better waiting for us someday. And just to invite him into this healing journey, I think is really powerful. I'm not going to say I walked away from God because that is not what happened, but I would say that I quit going to church for a while because Mm -hmm. I kind of felt a lack of connection at the church that we were at. And that can play a big role. And I finally, earlier this year, my husband would still go sometimes, but I just had a really hard time. I was having a very hard time going to church. I just did not connect with the new pastor. And finally, we decided as a family to try a new church. And it has been life-giving again. Mm. It is something that we all look forward to going to on Sundays. And it was, it is that piece that sometimes I don't know if people know that they're missing out on. And until you have it, and then you're like, I get it. Like, I want that mm. back and I don't want to lose that. And I understand, I want to make sure I say here as well, is that I know that church for a lot of people can have some big T and some little T trauma. There's trauma that happens in the walls of churches because it's ran by humans Mm -hmm. and we are flawed and all of that. But I also don't believe that you have to go to church to be a Christian. I think Mm -hmm. that that relationship is open and available to anyone at any time. And so I just, I just want to say that to anybody listening, like if you haven't been to church in 10 years, if you've never been to church in your life, doesn't mean that you have to do that in order to have a relationship yeah. and invite him into this 
healing process if that is something that you choose to do. But thanks for sharing that piece, Stephanie. I don't think that that's talked about enough, especially as believers. I think it's important to be able to share that. So I just want to share one last thing. I think when we go down this journey, we have this massive distrust in us and that breeds isolation because we isolate ourselves from some of the previous people, whether that's mainstream medicine or maybe it's functional medicine or maybe it's church, you know, these people that have harmed you, there has been harm done to you. And so you retreat because that's what we do. I mean, you look at a child who's hurt, a dog that's hurt, they retreat, they cower, they, you know, they become very small, isolated people. I just really encourage you. First of all, number one, you are not alone. I know that that is not a cliche. That is a truth. You are not alone. This is millions upon millions of Americans right now and probably around the world are waking up to a lot of new healing modalities and kind of going through their own hard journey of this weight on healing. And I just encourage you to find one person, (laughs) find someone you can connect with on this because isolation will rob you of everything and it will just be a seep finding some kind of connection, whether it's one friend, one person, one provider, one coach, somebody, if not a much larger community, even that you can connect with people. Yeah. Thanks for saying that. I think that's important for sure. Can you please tell my listeners how they can connect with you? Right now I'm back on Instagram for the time being. So you can find (laughs) me on Instagram. My name's kind of spelled funky. So I'll give Amy the links, but it's at Stephanie Reinald MD. You can go to my website, stephanierinaldmd.com. But yeah, I've been back on Instagram for a little bit. So you have a podcast too. I do. I have a new podcast, The Dr. Stephanie Show, where I kind of go deep on some of these things. So that's kind of the vision. You can still hear some of my old episodes if you're really struggling with food in your body. It's still, it's not about the food. Still has some great content that I stand by, but I just kind of felt called to dig a little bigger now. So, well, thanks for showing up in this space and thanks for being here today. I enjoyed it so much. Thanks, Amy. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of the Love Your Body Well podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, I would appreciate it if you would leave a rating and review and let me know what resonated with you the most. This helps more people connect to the show and allows me to continue encouraging women just like you. I love when you share episodes that impacted you on social media or with your friends and family. It truly helps spread the word of compassion and kindness that all women need more of. I invite you to continue the conversation with me on my blog, loveyourbodywell.net, or on Instagram at loveyourbodywell. Thank you for being here today. I know you have a lot of podcasts to choose from, and I'm honored that you listen to mine. This podcast is for informational purposes only and not intended to provide a diagnosis or replace medical care.